Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, thanks for listening to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. Took me a day to go back and break down all the film and make sure everything was good. What an incredible game! Sad news is, we obviously came out short yet again, uh, which brings our 49ers to 0 and 3 and in last place in the entire NFL. But for the first time in a while, we have some very, very bright spots that I'd like to talk about. First off, we had 421 yards of offense. Now, again, you know, we put up 39 points. They put up 41. We fell short at that two-point conversion at the very end. That was kind of the, the, the rough one. But what an absolute great game. I definitely, um, I've seen every game so far this year. It was by far the best game of the season for any team. Uh, it was so exciting. It was just absolutely wonderful. So we're going to talk about the good and the bad. We're going to break down different players, uh, figure out who our MVP is on both sides of the ball, and kind of move on through that. So let's start with the offense again. I talked about how we had 421 yards of offense, which is by far the most we've had this season. Uh, we hadn't even scored a touchdown before this game. So that definitely changed. And we ended up putting up 19 points in the fourth quarter alone, which was Phenomenal. Now, good and bad, Brian Hoyer um, started the entire game off as bad as you possibly could on the very first play from scrimmage. He tries to throw a slant route to Goodwin and or not slant route, sorry, out route, a five yard outright to Goodwin, and the corner just read it so easily. There was no over the top presence. And so he was allowed to jump the route, and Hoyer didn't even step into his throw. He just lobbed it out there. Should have been a pick six, but they chase him down and tackled him on the three-yard line. They end up scoring on the very next play. And, I mean, that, that kind of – this is who Brian Hoyer has been so far this season, and he stayed terrible for a while. Um, some of the worst pocket presence I've ever seen in an NFL QB, which has not been his MO. And it, it's not like we're giving up a whole bunch of pressure. Uh, that, that's not what's going on at all. It's just 
he is so scared of contact that he will just drop out and give up on the play. And so as soon as any pressure comes his way, he ducks his eyes. He's not looking downfield, and bad things happen after that. Now, I will say this. Aaron Donald definitely <laughs> lived in the backfield and destroyed Lakin Tomlinson. You know, he had such a great game last week against Sheldon Richardson in Seattle. And it didn't matter who Aaron Donald went against. If it was center, either one of our guards, um, he even destroyed Trent Brown on a play. That guy, I mean, he's he's one of the top three defensive players in the NFL every single week. So having said all those things, Hoyer, some of the things were great. He had a lot of overthrows. Uh, Pierre Garçon was wide open, screaming down the sideline, and about 30 yards down the field, and he overthrew him wide open. Um Got Pierre Garçon hurt on one play where he threw it so far out of bounds. Uh, again, he was open. But he was just terrible. Now, if we're going to focus on anything that is positive about Brian Hoyer, his individual stats were amazing. Um, on the given day, he finished with 332 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, and was sacked four times. But his QBR was only a 66, which is not e- it is barely above average. Barely above average. Um, he has a great play action fake, and when anytime we ran play action, we were successful. Um, the the success in the running game with Carlos Hyde, it, it's showing it's, it's it's bearing fruit in the passing game as well. And so hopefully we can continue with that. But man, we, we I think that we are continuing to learn that Brian Hoyer is definitely not the quarterback of the future. And I know Twitter and everybody after that first quarter were just, hey, can we get <laughs> can we see what CJ can do? Um, I'm not quite ready for that yet. Um, if Hoyer would have came out and played the second half like he did the first half, then I would have said, hey, we've got three extra days to prepare for our next week. So let, let's go ahead and let's do that. Let's go with that. But, um, you know, we, we, we got lucky. We got lucky. So Hoyer came out and balled out in the second half and put up some great numbers. If we can just get a consistent game with that guy, we can win. Um, I think the first week we, we didn't really have a shot at winning, but – we very easily, two simple plays, we're 2-1 and one right now, but we're not. We're 0-3. So hopefully we can continue to see some improvement with Hoyer. Now, Carlos Hyde, oh my gosh, guy is just a beast. And I, I, got, I, I will say this, I got it wrong. My prediction was if Carlos Hyde had over 20 carries, we walk out with a win, and that didn't happen. He got 25 carries. He got more carries than I thought, and that was with him being injured for about a quarter. Um. But he had 25 carries for 84 yards and two touchdowns. And it was just a consistent four to five yards every time he run. His longest run was 20 yards. And that was with eight men in the box and only six blockers. Uh, we probably should have checked out of it. But he made such an amazing room uh, move right off the left side. And Tomlinson and Staley completely split open this wide hole. It was absolutely incredible. And he just you know, he just took it. He, he's an absolutely beast now whenever he got hurt it was his hip slash lower back slash quad I mean it's that hip area and you could just see him working it out on the side but whenever he came back in he didn't look great but as the game went on it was just smash mouth pure effort the guy is just he's so incredible he is so pivotal pivotal to the success of our team and one of the plays he had probably the best blip blitz pickup at the end of the game he laid out and picked up a screaming unblocked linebacker and saved Hoyer and for the first time ever Hoyer stepped up into the pocket kept his eyes downfield 
It was like a critical third down play. It was absolutely incredible. So Carlos Hyde, he probably would have been the MVP if not for the, this next guy, and that's Pierre Garçon. Holy cow. Seven catches on 10 targets, uh, 142 yards, and a 59-yard was the longest catch that he had. And it was absolutely beautiful catch. You know, we, we've been saying that he's just the possession guy, possession guy, possession guy. Nope. He was making plays downfield. And the catches, he made two of the best catches of the entire year for the entire NFL in one game. You can just see how it's pure willpower for this guy. And those aren't even my favorite plays that he had. The fade wherever he barely caught it off the fingertips was incredible. The sideline toe tap was incredible. But it was third down and 17, and he ran a stop route at 15 yards and caught the ball. And so you're like immediately it's like, oh, man, like you're short. He changes direction. There's two defenders there stopping him, and he trucks both of them and fights forward for three yards to pick up the first. And you, it's one of those examples where it's just I will not be denied on this play. And that's who Pierre Garçon is. He is just straight willpower and effort and amazing. And so he is my offensive MVP of the game. Just, man, if we can continue throwing this guy, again, he's catching 70% of his targets, and they're not great passes. He's snagging some amazing balls. And so, like, we've got to get this guy the ball more often. Um, Trent Taylor, a.k.a. Mighty Mouse, um, everybody's favorite new 49er, just Solid. <laughs> so solid. He's going to be around for a very long time. He had a great catch, catch on a slant route on a crucial third down. And we were looking to him in the goal line when the game was on the line. And he was delivering. He had he had one where he caught a short pass. And he made two people miss by himself that were unblocked. And gets drilled on the one-yard line. Head goes straight into the ground. And he, he actually fumbled a little bit. And I thought he went unconscious. Well, I was like, oh, no, no, don't 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 let him be injured. He pops up with a smile on his face and a bunch of turf stuffed in his helmet, just smiling like, oh, that, this is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> and just kind of kept going. Um, he also is just a whip route machine. And what a whip route is, um, this is kind of what Julian Edelman and Wes Welker kind of got famous for. This is the slot guys where they run like a five yard. Some people call it a pig route where it's kind of shaped like the curly Q of a pig's tail. You basically run straight to the defender and you act like you're going to break in. And you, instead, then you go and break out. But you turn your whole entire body around. And he was destroying people on this route all day. And the very last, the two-point conversion, he ran the same thing from the left side. And so he ran into the end zone and he broke out. And was wide open. If he would have kept going out, it would have been tied ball game. But he ran the route so well that he the fake <laughs> he faked back in and he like brought the defender back into the correct play because he faked him out so bad on the first move. And uh, we lost the game because of that. Again, I talked about Lakin Tomlinson. He got dominated. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I think we're going to see a lot better things. If you can hold your own against Sheldon Richardson, I think we're going to be okay. But Aaron Donald is just a man. Now, Aldrick Robinson actually got most of the snaps in the first half over Marquise Goodwin. But Aldrick basically did the same thing that Goodwin's been doing, and that's dropping the ball. But then Goodwin comes back in the second half and starts making plays. And so we see this potential that Goodwin has. He made this amazing catch in double coverage for uh, for 50 yards and another great toe-tapping catch on the sideline that was ruled incomplete. 
Uh, Shanahan challenged it. He won two challenges. Shanahan did great job. And it was awesome how he threw the flag on the field. It was totally just like a FU ref. Um, and you could see the player's face on the sideline right next to him. Like they love their coach. And it's really, really cool whenever you can see kind of this huge camaraderie keep coming together for the offense. And if, if we can keep putting up points like this, we're going to be competitive in every single game. But we've got to run the ball more. Uh, we ran the ball 33 times this game, which is – that's okay. Like, I'm totally cool with that. As long as Carlos Hyde is getting over 20 touches a game, I am 100% okay with that. A couple other guys got some carries. Mostert came in. He looked okay until he fumbled. He was fine for extra yards and fumbled. That was a huge turnover. And Breda came in. Uh, didn't do much in the running game, but looked super quick. Um, he had three catches for 20 yards, which was – that was wonderful. So – He's going to be that kind of third down guy. And the offense looked great. It really, really did. Um, we'll get into injuries at the end of this episode. But let's jump over to defense. Now, the defense is a whole nother level. We got destroyed by Jared Goff. Not only did we get destroyed by Jared Goff, um, we did not get one sack during the entire game. And so whenever you have a quarterback, he was 22 of 28. Threw for 292 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero sacks. He almost had a perfect quarterback rating. Almost perfect. And it all goes back to we are not getting any pressure. We're not getting any pressure at all. We had Doomerville got one sack on third down early on in the game, but that play was negated by a Dante Johnson holding call in the secondary. We... I. If we cannot get pressure on the quarterback, we will not be winning games. I've talked about this before in previous episodes. Our entire defensive scheme is contingent upon getting the ball out early. And Jared Goff can sit back there just fine. We have one guy getting pressure, and that's DeForest Buckner. Um, He is going to be my co-defensive MVP. He doesn't get it just by himself today. But he is absolutely incredible in the only pass rush presence that we have, and it's from the three technique up the middle. And so every single time he gets pressure, which was consistent, Jared Goff just slides to the right or slides to the left. And there's no outside pressure or contain out there. And he can make just a perfect pass. Jared Goff's not mobile, but he didn't have to be against us. It was very, very disappointing. Um, Also, DeForest Buckner caused, caused a fumble on Todd Gurley late in the game, but the Rams got it back. But DeForest Buckner is incredible. And if, if it's not for him, uh, this defense is trash. Um, Eric Armstead, he is not panning out. He's good against the run. He really, really is. But zero pass rush presence from that right defensive end position. And the left, he played some on the left. Um, Same if we go to Solomon Thomas. Uh, He made one amazing play on outside contain on a girly toss. I mean, it it was Pro Bowl level. But he disappears for the majority of the game. My biggest kind of critique with Solomon Thomas is when he's doing a pass rush move, he runs straight into the heart of the left tackle or right tackle and tries to overpower him back. And it's just not working. Like he's got to try something else. He has given up his entire body in a pass rush move. Usually when you're attacking on the outside, you want to attack half a man. So if I'm pass rushing and I'm making contact with the left tackle, I'm trying to hit his shoulder. Whereas Solomon Thomas is trying to bull rush straight over the guy. And I'm sorry, man, that's just not who you are against left tackles in the NFL yet. And so he's, he's got to step up. Um, the other co-MVP is going to be Jimmy Ward um, in his kind of first full-time game. He played wonderful. Um, he led us. He led the entire team 
and tackles. He had a tackle for loss. He had seven solo tackles. Pass coverage was pretty good, not great. Uh, didn't give up any huge, huge plays. And so, man, we we really need that guy back. Our other safety position is in trouble uh, because Jaquiski Tart played wonderful. He played pretty good. Um, very, very aggressive, but he got a concussion at the end of it. And we're going to talk through injuries, but let, let's move on to players that maybe didn't do so well. And let's start with uh, the same culprit from last game. That's Ray Ray Armstrong. He continues to be the major weakness of our defense. He gave up two touchdowns by himself, giving up outside contain because he flinched inside. He, he made the wrong read and then tried to regather outside. So every single time you saw Gurley go to the middle, then bounce to the outside, it was because of Ray Ray Armstrong and our backside defensive end not keeping contain, which Elvis Dumerville gave up twice. Um, he keeps turning his shoulders, Elvis does. And so he'll be coming inside, and his shoulders are not parallel to the line of scrimmage. So Todd Gurley would flinch inside. Dumerville and Ray Ray Armstrong are both they're by, they're mirroring the running back but then he bounced outside because he's just a better athlete. And so if you have a better athlete slash speed guy that's doing that, you have to honor your outside contain responsibilities. You have seven other guys that can make that interior tackle. We didn't get beat through the middle. We got beat on the outside, which is just, it's a lack of responsibility. It's a lack of technique. And so Ray Ray Armstrong, as soon as we get Ruben Foster back, I think our defense is going to improve dramatically because we are making our biggest weakness our greatest strength. And I do believe that Foster is that good. Uh, if you just go back, I went back and watched just the first two series of our first game that he was out there, and the dude was all over everywhere. If you're in IDP fantasy leagues, go pick up Ruben Foster now. Like He is going to be incredible. And uh, more sad news, um, man, my boy Bowman did not have a good game. He had at least three missed tackles. You could probably chart him with five where he had the guy wrapped up. Uh, the guy kind of slithered out and got an extra three yards and fell down. But Bowman, was he was slow, and he even came out and said, you know, that quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday, my body wasn't ready. Like, I needed more time. I hate these quick turnaround games. And it showed on film. Now, his presence is so important because he's get everybody lined up correctly. Um, he's always where he needs to be. But two major gains, two huge gains by Todd Gurley were because um, Bowman missed a tackle. So hopefully with the uh, 10 days of rest, he's going to be ready to go. Hopefully we get Ruben Foster back sooner than later. And, and those are things that we're going to you know, be able to improve on. Now, Richard Robinson, this guy's starting to get on my damn nerves. Because the talent's there, and he's great in the run game. But he needs to take a class on football IQ. He makes so many mistakes where he just is in the wrong. Now, one of the pass interference calls on him was not his fault. He actually turned around and played well. It was just a bad call. One of the pass interference periods was 100% his fault, where he just didn't turn around. And then there was a play where it was third down and goal, and he tackled Sammy Watson, Sammy, Sammy Watkins in the freaking end zone after like six seconds, like he didn't have to do that. It was just completely ignorant. And it would have been fourth down and they would have kicked a field goal, but then they went on to score. It, and plus he had a penalty on hands to the face on a pass route, which never happens for corners. Like he is just very, he's untrained and undisciplined. All the raw talent in the world, his aggressive nature is beautiful. He just needs to watch football and learn about football for his position. Because these are a lot of mistakes that you can just cut out. 
The best secondary player we had in probably all three games, that's Dante Johnson. He is turning in to be an absolute stud. And so really, really excited to see what he can do. Uh, he had a couple penalties as well. We, we get penalties. That's what we do. We have <laughs> um, all three games, we have had the most penalties. Um, Ten penalties in this game and just kind of rough. Now, one bright spot for the defense is there was one point in the game where the Rams had first and goal on the one, and they had to settle for a field goal. Our defense came out and just lights out. We, we have the talent. Everything's in place. We just need to play much more responsible to our scheme, and we have to get pressure. Those are the, kind of the big things that we got to take away. Now, a couple of random notes just on some team stats. We converted three third downs on the second drive, our offense. This is more third down conversions than we had in the previous two games combined. Now, as a whole for this game, we went 9 for 18 on third down conversions, which is solid. 50%, you're okay. If you're at 50% and above, you are a happy person, so no problem there. Our two turnovers in the first quarter, that was so costly. Right after Hyde went down, Mostert goes in there and fumbles. Obviously, the first play of the game where Hoyer just was an idiot. But we've got to cut those down. Um, we can't do that. And we continue to shoot ourselves in the foot. Our special teams were lights out. Onside kick. We got a muff punt. We cause a fumble on another kickoff return. That's three turnovers that our special teams contributed. You should win that game. I would be willing to bet that if you went back and looked historically throughout the NFL, if the special teams were positive three in the turnover ratio, those teams should be undefeated. Um, now let's talk a little bit about injuries. Carlos Hyde seems like he's going to be okay. Hopefully the rest, I mean, he he had 25 carries, so he's going to be all right. But we had a lot of concussions. Kyle Juszczyk got a concussion. Chiquisky Tart got a concussion. Brock Coyle got a concussion. Um, obviously, Tart and Juice are much more valuable. But still, like this is this is something we got to watch. Now, again, we are very, very lucky with our time and what's going to happen because we have 10 days till our next game. We play the Cardinals on the 1st. So we've, we've got some time. Hopefully these guys can clear concussion protocol with these extra days and we can get them back into the lineup. But probably our biggest injury was Tank Carradine, which, man, I just, the guy's been hurt his entire career all the way back in Florida State. And he had a really bad um, high ankle sprain. And they're saying that it could cost him the rest of the season. Usually high ankle sprains are four to ten weeks. But uh, supposedly this one was so bad that they might just put him straight to IR and not even designate to return. So that could be the end of Tank Carradine for the year. And he's been one of the lone bright spots in pass, um, pass rush. So this is going to hurt. So all in all, great game. A lot of positive things to take away from. Great job coaching. Uh, Gabe Shanahan kind of went against him a little bit last week on here, but I was very, very impressed. Very, very impressed. Um, ne again, next week, enjoy this Sunday football. Uh, there's no Niners football this Sunday because we play Thursday, and we play at the Cardinals, and we are the 105 Pacific game on the first of the next month in October. So stay strong, faithful. We're going to be all right, even though we're 0-3. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter if you haven't already, JL underscore Chapman. And if you haven't subscribed to us on YouTunes, we're on iHeartRadio, YouTube, we're on everything. So you can find us in Google, PlayStation, all that kind of stuff. We're everywhere. So uh, 49ers Source Podcast, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.